Welcome back to a new Blake Street Irregulars, your local Colorado Rockies podcast opportunity to get in deep with the, well, the team that is currently just hanging on to the top spot in the NL West. As always, Blake Street Regulars brought to you by Tap 14, 1920 Blake Street, just a stone's throw from the Coors Field, home plate entrance, 70 Colorado draft beers, 100 Colorado distilled spirits. They have terrific food. Chef Taylor Creedon does an amazing job with seasonal menus up there. It's all Colorado-based. The perfect partner here for our Colorado Rockies podcast. Visit them at Tap 14. Spell it out, Tap 14. 14.com and with me as he is every week from mile high sports ronnie court you can follow him at ronnie k radio on twitter i suggest you do so i'm sean drotar your normal host i'm with you on all of these and you can follow me on twitter if you'd like at s drotar that's s-d-r-o-t-a-r and, and ronnie as i mentioned coming into this the rockies as we record this today are finishing a series with the pittsburgh pirates out there in Steeltown, uh, a little bizarre because it's Wednesday and, and it's not a day game. It's going to be an evening game of the Rockies. Game, yeah. Right, the night game, the Rockies will immediately zip back to Denver where they face the Giants in Coors Field on Thursday night for a long and important stretch in which they will play no other teams but their division rivals in the NL West. Now, if we were to say before this road trip, if the Rockies came out of it, and let's say even worst case scenario, they went three and four on the road trip. Be disappointed, but not devastated because sure. they played the Cubs in Wrigley. But they won three or four from the Cubs. It is. It feels a little bit different if you swept the Pirates and won one of four against the Cubs. Okay, then you, you win four. But if they end up losing this one and it's because the Pirates sweep them, there there is a difference, even though maybe not on the record itself, but it feels different. Yeah, it would be a slight speed bump in a season, but you know what? Good teams are going to go through these. Good teams are going to go through speed bumps where uh, just that one team, uh, it's funny that the Rockies are so good on the road, and it's actually the road woes right now that are plaguing them, Uh, but certainly this is a, a team that would love to come back with possibly a share of that division lead, Finish the road stand at four and three. I mean, th- we talk about this probably as what the worst road trip of the year. Well, it's the first time they've lost a road series. Yeah, here, and, here it is, and, the middle of June. It's the first road series the Rockies have lost. And four and three is the record that they could come back with over five hundred. So I think there's there's pros to pull from that just because of the fact that this is a team that yes they struggled on the road, but yet they could come away with a plus five hundred record. And that is that is the key. It's important to say that the Rockies have avoided long losing streaks all season long. And, and like we said, this will be the first series on the road that they lose. So it's it's important not to panic if you're the Rockies. But something that you and I were talking about when we were prepping for the podcast today was the idea that mentally it's different, yeah. especially because of the Rockies' young guys. You think of the Rockies that are veterans, that they probably look at this and say, hey, look, this is baseball. You have 162 games. It's going to have some ups, going to have some downs. You're going to beat some teams you probably shouldn't. You're going to lose to some teams you probably shouldn't. In this case, the Rockies yesterday were uh, pretty tight in that game. Adam Adamanovino throws a uh, sinking fastball that, that ends up right at the knees of John Jaso. Jaso actually goes down, gets it, golfs it out. It wasn't a, really a bad pitch from Adovino. It's more you just tip your cap to Jaso who really caught all of it, and understand that sometimes that's baseball. He didn't throw a waist-high heater like Jordan Lyles did to Andrew McCutcheon in the <laughs> inning afterward, but that, that's the kind of stuff that happens. So you think of the veteran guys on this team, and, and they're going to probably tell the young guys, you know, don't sweat it. it. It's what happens every once in a while. Don't worry about the, the way the road trip finished. But yeah. if they lose, the Rockies 
could find themselves coming back to Coors Field in third place. The Diamondbacks are in Detroit. If they win that game, the Rockies were to lose as we record this tonight. And the Dodgers, regardless, of course, will be in, in that same position. The Rockies could find themselves all the way down to third place of the NL West. And even though the record would essentially be only one game different, you're concerned that maybe the young guys, it feels a little different to walk back into Coors. Hey, we're still tied in first place or all alone in first place. Yeah. Or we're in third, even if it's only one game different in the standings. Even if it's one game different, there's a small part of you inside that says, oh, man, things are kind of slipping. We didn't we didn't win five out of seven like we usually do. And now uh, we'll have uh, Marquez going on the bump tonight. Uh, so a little bit of pressure a huge, on Marquez. A huge start tonight. for him, and we'll get huge into that because yep. the rotation is about to change There's one way or the other. There's a change coming, yep. But again, it goes back to the young guys, and we will see the young guys. We will see Hoffman on uh, Thursday. We will see Senzatella on Friday, and then Freeland on Saturday. So it is important to get good starts, uh, and and basically from, from there on out, have, have these young pitchers not thinking about that, not thinking about the fact that, well, you know, we're in third now instead of first. So it's those small little mental details, and we always talk about the small details being the difference between good teams and great teams. And this is one of those small details because this is a really, really important, well, I guess you could say divisional trip. They won't play anybody outside of the division until July 3rd. Right. So this is a very crucial stand. Yeah, especially they get six against Arizona in that span and three against the Dodgers. Uh, fortunately, also six against the Giants, who they've been very good against, and the Giants are having a bad year. But then again, you, you take the Giants lightly at your own risk. This is a team that's championship caliber in most cases, and they just haven't had it this year. Injuries and a few other things are derailing them, but it's not a team you can take lightly. And, and the Rockies proved it. They haven't taken the Pirates lightly. The Pirates also having an underwhelming year. But then this is sometimes what happens. Uh, going to the, yesterday's game, it's, you watch Tyler Chatwood come in and finally have, by the way, one of those games we were hoping we'd see. Six innings, uh, the six hits, only one earned run, one walk, and five Ks. Just about everything went what you'd hope for, and then the relief couldn't handle it. Although I still don't, be, I don't blame the relief for the loss, even though the Rockies gave up a pair of runs in both the seventh and the eighth. Because let's face it, you only had four hits four hits in total hey you're not going to win very many games and this has been the problem for the Rockies in yeah. Pittsburgh they scored only two runs in each of the previous games and it seems like the offense has completely flatlined to, to you is there anything in particular you see well or is it just a blip uh, here's the thing this this previous home stand or this previous road stand this all goes back to Herman Marquez's last start where he only threw three innings. He was up in the 80-pitch realm, so I understand that you got to get him out of there. But uh, three innings, and that meant you had to use Russin for a long period of time. Uh, that resulted in a loss. Uh, a couple games after, because you used Russin and Dunn in previous games, you had to use Lyles in a situation where the game was tied, and that's ideally not where they want to use Lyles. Um, I mean, I don't know where I, they want to use uh, Lyles, honestly, but there's, I there's, there's very much an argument for Lyles to really not be on this team but they did have to use him in crunch time and that was really unfortunate because he gave up some runs and the 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 avalanche fell and that's kind of what triggered this so this goes back again to the starting pitching about ve being very crucial to eat those innings I mean you got to go five or six that's just an MLB standard but you may be asking for a little bit more from them here in Colorado now uh, as we again, turn the page to another start uh, for Marquez. 
I think this is really crucial for him to bounce back. It's extremely crucial for him to bounce back, not only just because we want to see him, you know, throw positively and uh, and go, you know, a couple innings, but if mentally, because again, it's those young guys, and as much as we want to say, oh, Antonio Sensatella is strong mentally, and Freeland's been looking good all season long, and Marquez has electric stuff. It's baseball is such a mental game, and this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. Baseball is a very, very long season. So while they've been successful for the first, you know, first half of the season almost, uh, we want to see them come back and 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 really bounce back strong. And it would be important with. Uh, um, this being that divisional stand. This is the first of uh, a very weird two-chunk divisional run. The last eight of their nine, they'll actually play divisional opponents to finish the year. But this is a good jockeying position because there is kind of that jumble up top right now in the division with the uh, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, Rockies. You may see a little bit of separation here for good or bad, so it is crucial to get those crucial starts. But also, again, we kind of talked about Chatwood had a great start yesterday. I mean, was that make or break for him? Because the Cavalry's coming. It might have been. When you look at at Tyler Anderson is now getting close to his return from the 10-day deal. Yeah. John Gray is expected to start at a high-A Lancaster for a, uh, for a rehab start there. I, I, I feel awful for the guys he's about to face, so that's a pretty ugly situation when you're, <laughs> you're an ABA player and some guy from the majors comes down and yeah. he's expected to strike out about 15 of you in is six innings. Is that an innings. honor? Say, oh, I struck out against John Gray. No, but it, it makes for a good story later. <laughs> For your grandkids, that, yeah. That's about it, right? It's like, I was there with John Gray, struck me out on three pitches, and one of them I thought was going in my head, but it was actually a slider. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's uh, those kind of things. But uh, you're right. It, it's going to change now. And we haven't even touched on Chad Bettis, who may only be a month or so away from returning is that incredible himself, which is absolutely phenomenal. But in the case of Gray and Anderson, yeah, I do think Chatwood did what he wanted to do. Look, the Rockies want to keep Tyler Chatwood in this rotation. Make no mistake about it. They want him there. They do not want to have to move away from him. He's one of the veteran presences, and they want him there. But Hoffman has proven that he needs to stay. Senzatella has proven he needs to stay. Freeland has proven that he needs to stay. You mentioned about the importance for Marquez. I, I, it is important for Marquez, but I think the die is cast. I think he's going to be sent down when someone is healthy just because the Rockies don't want him, and it's not a criticism. Would he be a better long reliever than Jordan Lyles? Yes, he would. But the point is that in a baseball season, pitchers get hurt. Rockies already have had three. So uh, you understand that you're going to need reinforcements. Marquez needs to go down pitch every fifth day and just be ready to stay on schedule so that he can start when the Rockies need him to start. And they will need him to start at some point again in the season. But he'd like to make sure that he has a good performance coming out of this one and, and give the, the team a boost coming back to Coors Field where they'd be in first place, like I said, instead of potentially third. So uh, it, it's a big one for him. And then we'll have to follow as Gray and Anderson get closer to health. But that's all a good sign, too. My concern going into this trip here, let's look at that offense again. So you look at uh, four of the more important hitters in the Rockies lineup here. Charlie Blackman, Carlos Gonzalez, Mark Reynolds, Ian Desmond, Blackman and Reynolds, both in the top five in the NL in RBI. And combined, they had two hits in 28 at-bats. That's not going to cut it. I mean, that is an atrocious uh inability to hit the ball and we're talking about all four of those guys those aren't the young guys those are the veterans those are the ones you're counting on uh, the Rockies need to find a way to get the bats going again they just kind of disappeared and fizzled out here on the road well and what's the better antidote than Coors Field <laughs> you, you, you would hope right you would hope 
Uh, But one of the challenges for the Rockies, and I guess it's a bit of a canary in the coal mine, is when the Rockies have had their best years, the home road splits weren't as disastrous as a team. When you start seeing them perform very poorly on the road, then I think you have to take a look at it and say, "Uh uh-oh, okay, what does that mean? Are they they starting to wear down a little bit? Because we know the ball moves a lot more when they're on the road than it does at home. So we'll have to see how that goes. On On the bright side, again, Chicago... Uh, this year, you know, the, the have, they were pretty good, and they were pretty good, obviously, in Wrigley Field. So hopefully it really is just one of those little three-day blips. But again, this is a team that's 24-13 and 13 on the road. That is that is by far the best record in the NL West. 15-15 and 15 from the L.A. Dodgers is your second-best road record. So uh, I think this is just a minor speed bump. This is very much like what we called the uh, Nationals series. You know, it was just a series where they looked bad. They got set up in game one where they they did not look good pitching wise. And again, that that kind of avalanches as the series progresses. So you want to see the bats wake up. Uh, that is certainly there. The the antidote, of course, field is a great one, but we'd love to see it start tonight uh, against the Pirates. And, uh, you know, combine it with good pitching from a young prospect who, um, you know, we you talked about it, uh, is likely the odd man out uh, and, and put together a, a solid chance to come back with the uh, at least a share of the NL West lead, uh, four and three on the road trip. That's nothing to uh, goff at or anything like that. But I I like that we're nitpicking this. Just the fact that we are now raising the standard uh, of the Rockies and their road trips. And and you know previously I think we would have said three and four on a road trip. Great. That's, yeah. That's fine. No worries. You know the offensive bats. They're not going to they're not going to hit four hundred for a series every single series. You know it's just how the MLB cr- progresses. It's just making sure that this little blip stays a blip. And it's not a slump that lasts into this divisional stand. Right. Trevor Story in those two losses thus far is two for five. Uh, He's also drawn two walks in that span, only struck out once. That's a big step up because on the season on the road, Trevor Story uh, is obviously still not impressing. 198 on the road. But maybe there's a couple signs for a turnaround. The problem, as we mentioned, Gonzalez was in that pile of guys I mentioned. Blackman, Gonzalez, Desmond, and Reynolds, who were just awful thus far in the Pittsburgh series. Cargo is hitting 197 on the road this year still, and now 137 at-bats. It's not a a small sample size. It is a big sample size. And they have to find a way to get him right, and it can't be just he's only good at home and you can't play him on the road. So this has been a very interesting season for Carlos Gonzalez. Obviously, it's, it's a very important season for Carlos Gonzalez and for the Rockies as well, given his contract situation. So we'll have to find out how this all shakes out. Uh, it's not as if Cargo's been electric at home either, batting only 244 this season. It's been very underwhelming for him. You hope to see him heat up. It seems like the last few times we've seen it get close and you feel, oh, now he's turned the corner. Well, not quite. It hasn't quite happened. So uh, for the Rockies, they need to find a way to get this one done, I think, today. I don't think you want to get swept by Pittsburgh and come back against the Giants, potentially in second or even third place, and feel like you just lost all the momentum that you built up by having a terrific series against the Cubs, in which they won three and could have won all four. But going forward, let's look at that pitching staff. One of the things that we've mentioned in previous podcasts here at Blake Street Regulars, Ronnie and Court with me from Mile High Sports, Ronnie K Radio on Twitter. I'm S. Drotar. You can follow us there. It was the fact that the young pitchers, Senzatella, Freeland, and Marquez, have had enough time now at the major league level that teams have the video, they have the footage, they have the film, they have the whatever, video on your tablet, device, whatever it is. Data, there we go. And 
they're starting to pick on them. Now, this isn't a surprise. If you've been listening to this podcast or you've been listening to me on air with Nate Lundy Monday Monday through Friday mornings at 7 to 9 a.m. locally here in Denver, then you will know that this is something I've brought up. Kind of look at baseball, especially when you're rookies in these 50-game chunks. Now that they're, they're about a... They're into the second third, if you will, of the season. Teams have now seen Sensatella and Freeland and Marquez. And the teams that have been in their division have seen them more than anybody. You're going to run into bumps. And sure enough, the last few starts for all three of those guys have been wobbly, especially compared to the way they started out. I don't think as a fan, even if it continues to happen, you freak out. Unfortunately, the timing's not great because they have this big, important stretch of all divisional games. But it would not surprise me if the next time or even the two next times through the rotation, these are going to be very, very tough pulls for Sensatella and Freeland and Marquez if he's still up in the line in the rotation at that point. It's something to watch. It's not something to panic about. The question is, can they adapt? Can they adjust after they get batted around a little bit? Because I think it, with this, some of these starts that we've run into, it doesn't mean they're falling off. doesn't mean they don't belong in the majors. To a certain point, it's inevitable. This is part of the growth process of becoming a major league player. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, this is, and this is where we go back to Bud Black being your manager. You have a great pitching coach in Steve Foster who they work. And the, the excellence in communication, I've never seen a coaching staff – uh, constantly in communication with their players because they know how fragile these guys are. They know that they can slide into a slump very, very much easier than a veteran would because mentally they don't know still uh, what they're looking at. I mean, half the times when they're going up against the Pirates or the Cubs, I mean, this is the first, second time they have ever faced them. They're looking at uh, new batters, new roles, new adjustments. And so um, Bud Black... Steve Foster, as well as Darren Holmes, uh, uh, the bullpen coach, uh, it is going to be crucial for them to kind of coach them through this to make those counters to the reaction that these NL West teams are certainly going to be applying to these uh, young pitchers. And so uh, this is where this year is different. You know, in previous years, I would not have said this. Because in previous managers, they just didn't have that pitching experience. They didn't have that 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 firsthand experience of being on the mound and knowing what it's like to be in this situation of these young guys. And so their excellence in the ability to coach them up, communicate how they want, you know, and making sure that they are most comfortable allows them to thrive in their own. So I, I, again, in a season, you're going to go through bumps. You're going to go through blitzes. You're going to have teams that are going to readjust to you. I have confidence in the coaching staff to readjust the guys to counter those readjustments. And this is where we kind of see the cool strategic side of baseball kind of come into play because now you're seeing different hitters adjust and then pitchers readjust. And I, I'm confident that this coaching staff can get it done. I'm I'm fascinated by that turnaround because I'll be completely honest, when the Rockies organization basically insisted to Bud Black that he retain Foster and Holmes instead of bringing in his own guys, as is customary for a, a new skipper to be able to bring in his own assistants, I, I was very concerned about how that was going to shake out. It felt like the Rockies were only slowly pulling the Band-Aid off of, of the, the control that they generally exercise over their manager. But it has it has generally worked out. The next step is finding a way to keep these guys uh, sharp. Senzatella, thus far this month, a 6.1 ERA. That's a lot worse than anyone expected. Marquez, 7.88 ERA. Uh, Freeland faring quite a bit better at the 3.5 ERA level. 
But this is going to be a very interesting stretch for the Rockies, and it does feel to a certain extent. When you look at this team, there are rookies. There are young guys, especially in the rotation, and that's been better. And certainly there were additions. There's, uh, you know, Lex Amarista came in. Ian Desmond, most of all, uh, joined the team. But this is more or less the same team in a lot of ways as it was last year. And it appears when you see such a difference, it does seem to be the manager. So you look at the way the managing is gone. You look at the way the coaching staff is gone. You look at the the now youth of these pitchers as they run into the inevitable bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. The Rockies right now are really playing head games. That's what this is as much as anything, isn't it? And, and you know, as much as we want to say that the just – you know, Bud Black is a humble guy, and he doesn't want to take credit. But let, let, let's be honest, Bud Black's pulling a lot of these strings. He's a big part of this strategic effort. And again, he know, he's been there. And that's that's where I think it's so crucial for this season, because now you have this beginning of culture change to uh, starting to pay these free agents and reaching out and going outside of the organization to get not only a manager, but a highly regarded manager, and one that was actually a pitcher. I mean, that's And, where, a, and a very good one. A World Series winning yeah. one. And now you're getting to the point where the team is successful. I mean, I, traffic is absolutely a nightmare down on Blake Street when those Rockies are playing because everybody is swarming the ballpark. So this is all the beginning of what we hope is a future culture change for the Rockies. And I, it starts with the previous offseason. It starts with Jeff Breidich, uh and, and how the Monfords have trusted in him to put the right pieces in place. And I do believe Breidich has done a great job in doing that. And now uh, this is all reflecting and avalanching down to eventually the team and these young pitchers. Uh, this is a Rockies team that is is very, very good. And the mindset is different. And the people are in play to avoid what previous Rockies have dealt with last year. It's amazing what you can do That's in good teams with good leadership when you actually hire good people and then get out of their way. And that's what seems to be happening with the Rockies' turnaround season. We'll see if they continue that turnaround, whether they uh, win or lose uh, today against the Pirates. You hope it's a win so they can come back in good, good shape. And then we'll be back next week. We're going to do a pair of podcasts. We'll do one uh, with Ronnie again. We'll check in after the Giants series. And then when next Thursday rolls around, we'll be down at TAP 14. Uh, sponsors of the Blake Street regulars here, and we'll be doing that live uh, right after the game. So come on by, say hi. We'll, we'll put you on the podcast. Come on, talk some baseball. You know, have a, a couple of the terrific Colorado drinks there when you come up to Tap 14. It's right on top of Haters & Co. 1920 Blake Street, 70 Colorado draft beers, 100 Colorado distilled spirits, and a terrific menu. So before or after the game, don't you know? Don't fight rush hour after it's done. Just come on down, join us at Tap 14. Come by next Thursday. Say hi in person. You can find them also at tap14.com on the web. Go check it out. That's tap14, spell it all out, dot com. Uh, For Ronnie K Radio, we will be back next week. We'll touch base after the Rockies come back home to the friendly confines, or at least they certainly hope so, of Coors Field as they continue this very interesting turnaround season in a very tight, very, very talented NL West. So for Ronnie, I'm Sean Drotar. This is the Blake Street Regulars Podcast, a 5280 Sports Network production.